seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Lucy Letby is accused of the murder of... Seven babies and the attempted murder of ten others. While she was working on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital. Letby denies all of the charges over the incidents. Lucy Letby was the only person working on the night shift. It was alleged in court that their mother was apparently told by Miss Letby, trust me, I'm a nurse. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven infants and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. In total, there are 22 charges, all of which she denies. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for the Mail, I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week on this podcast, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. The case against Lucy Letby is that she murdered or tried to kill 17 babies while she was working as a neonatal nurse at the Countess of Chester Hospital in the northwest of England. She denies the charges. The babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons, and the identities of their families are also being protected. They're known only as babies A to Q. Seven of the babies died. Ten survived. Each one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter. And the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court, listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. We'll be bringing you that detail as the jury is hearing it from the prosecution and defence. We're getting behind the headlines to explain far more than the news reports you'll be reading, watching and listening to. And the importance of a fair trial is paramount, so we won't be getting into anything in this podcast that the jury have not been told, because they are the 12 people who have to decide the outcome of this case. Today, in this bonus episode, we're focusing again on the 10th baby in this case, who the prosecution say Lucy Letby tried to smother. Welcome to episode 16, Baby J, part 2.
So, Liz, we are back with this special bonus episode to explain the rest of the evidence relating to baby Jay. And Liz, I should just explain, I sound like this because I have a good old-fashioned cold. Uh, Yeah, Caroline, you do sound a bit bunged up, but thank you for soldiering on. So we've heard a bit about this premature baby girl earlier in the week, mainly from her mother, who gave evidence in person to the court. Now the jury have heard from the doctors and nurses on duty when the alleged attack supposedly took place. So we'll be outlining all of this today, but in a nutshell, Liz, the prosecution say that baby Jay, who was described in court as lively and alert, was smothered by Lucy Letby in an attempt to kill her. They say at some point her brain was starved of oxygen, causing a seizure. And because none of the experts could find a medical reason for it, they say it must have been a deliberate act. So let's walk through what we do know, Liz. That's that baby Jay was actually a twin but the court heard that her mother had lost one of the babies 17 weeks into her pregnancy. That's right, baby Jay's mum had a complication called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. This happens when identical twins share a placenta in the womb, and blood is not supplied evenly to each baby, often causing one to receive too much blood and become bigger than the other, who receives too little. Doctors did operate to try and correct the condition, but sadly it didn't work, and one of the twins died. Baby Jay survived surgery and she was eventually born eight weeks early at the end of October 2015. But she was born with a perforated bowel and immediately after birth she went straight to Alderhay Children's Hospital in Liverpool for an operation to repair it. And she recovered well after the operation. So much so that in the days before the alleged attack, at the end of November, her parents had been getting ready to bring her home. But at the end of a night shift on the morning of the 27th of November, The prosecution say Lucy Letby tried to murder baby Jay. We've already heard that a nursery nurse called Nicola Dennison was looking after her in nursery four. Lucy Letby was actually in nursery three with two other babies. That's right, and in court we saw a photograph of the neonatal unit, which showed nursery four, where baby Jay was being cared for, at the end of the corridor. We'll share those pictures on our Twitter feed, at Lucy Letby Trial. So Nurse Dennison, who was looking after baby Jay that night and who by then had worked at the Countess for 30 years, gave evidence to the court. She said that as far as she was concerned, baby Jay was really well. She described her as being a nice little baby, lively and alert. In fact, she was at the end of her neonatal journey, she said. Her evidence is voiced by an actor. Being in nursery four usually reflects a relatively well baby one not complicated, that is getting ready for home, not requiring a nurse at their bedside all the time. We try to replicate what parents would do at home. Low lighting, less noise, no radio, door ajar, so the general noise from the corridor doesn't disturb the patient. There would not necessarily be a staff member sitting in that nursery, but they would be in earshot of any alarms. Nurse Dennison told jurors that because baby Jay had been considered stable and well, she didn't think she was inside nursery four when she suffered two separate drops in her oxygen levels, once at 4.40am and then again at three minutes past five. Nurse Dennison said it was difficult to recall exactly, but she did remember on at least one occasion going to join Nurse Mary Griffith, who had responded to baby Jay's monitor alarm, and baby Jay was given some oxygen to help her breathing. Following these two collapses, a doctor called Dr George Vergaze examined baby Jay and decided to carry out some tests. 
He was worried she could have an infection and the decision was taken to move her back into the high dependency room, nursery two, so she could be monitored more closely. And Nurse Griffith, who was more qualified to look after more poorly babies, took over her care. And it's the prosecution case that this first pair of collapses was due to Lucy Letby tampering with baby Jay's care and somehow interfering with her oxygen levels, possibly by smothering. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Unfortunately, Liz, this wasn't the end of Baby J's problems on this shift. No, Caroline. The jury heard that around two hours later, she suffered another collapse, which was more serious. Yes, at 6.56am, her monitor alarm sounded and her oxygen dropped dangerously low and her heart rate also fell. Dr John Gibbs, the senior consultant who we've heard from before, was already on the unit at this time. He'd been called in from home to help look after a set of preterm twins who aren't part of this case, but who'd been born at home eight weeks early and blue-lighted by ambulance to the hospital as an emergency. So when baby Jay collapsed again, he was already on hand to help. And he told the jury that he remembered Lucy Letby was at Baby Jay's cot side with Nurse Griffith. He said he quickly realised that Baby Jay was suffering a seizure. Her circulation was poor and she needed around 20 minutes of oxygen via a mask, but thankfully no chest compressions before she eventually recovered. But less than half an hour later, she collapsed again, Liz, for the fourth time. She had another seizure. She needed oxygen again for around eight minutes this time. Dr Gibbs said, again, baby Jay's oxygen and heart rate dropped and she needed support for her breathing, just as in the first episode. He said, this episode was much shorter. She did display the stiffness of all her limbs and clenches of her hands. And on the second episode, her eyes deviated to the left. And doctors were worried, weren't they, Liz? And they began desperately trying to find out what had caused it. That's right, the court heard that doctors carried out a series of blood tests and x-rays. They also did a brain scan to try and work out what had happened. But all these came back as normal. Baby J had no infection or bleed on the brain that could explain her sudden deterioration, the jury was told. Another doctor the court heard from this week was Dr Stephen Breary. Now he's a senior doctor who looked after baby J following her collapses on the day shift of November the 27th. He told jurors that Baby Jay's recovery was remarkable. His words have been voiced by an actor. 
She normalized very quickly over the course of the day, and all the investigations we had undertaken couldn't identify why she had the desaturations or explain why she had the seizures. I do know hypoxia, or lack of oxygen in the blood, causes seizures, so that would be possibly the most likely cause. There remains a question why baby J was hypoxic when, for two or three weeks beforehand, she had been breathing normally in air and there was no suggestion of infection. She remained well for weeks afterwards. So it's the prosecution case, Liz, that the only explanation is that Lucy Letby was to blame. Somehow she interrupted baby J's breathing again, most likely by smothering her, causing her brain to be starved of oxygen, causing a seizure. That's right, Caroline. Dr Dowie Evans, the prosecution's main expert witness, told jurors that the second pair of collapses, just before and after 7am, were more serious than the first two, two hours earlier. He said baby J required more in the way of resuscitation and they coincided with what the doctors treating her described as a seizure or a fit. This, Dr Evans said, was because something was going wrong with her brain. My opinion was that her brain was deprived of oxygen for a sufficient level of time to cause hypoxia or a loss of oxygen to the brain causing fits, he said. Dr Evans told the jurors he could find no natural process that might have caused this. Ben Myers KC, Lucy Letby's barrister, asked Dr Evans if he could rule out an infection as the cause of baby J's collapse. He told the court he couldn't rule it out for sure. But the other prosecution expert, Dr Sandy Bowen, was more adamant. Infection was not to blame. She told the court, Baby J was a well baby. She was ready to go home. Babies who are ready to go home do not have major desaturations which lead to prolonged resuscitation. She said the collapses were completely unexpected and required oxygen via a face mask for a long time before baby J came round and was well again. Dr Bowen said, I thought that seemed extremely unusual. The speed of the collapse, the longevity of the resuscitations and the fact that she seemed to recover quite quickly. That is not the way that infection normally plays out. And Dr Bowen noted that baby J was clinically well and back to her normal self before she'd even received any antibiotics. Again, Mr Myers questioned her on whether infection could be responsible, but she was insistent. There was no obvious cause for her collapses, Dr Bowen said. I exclude infection. So baby J recovered, and she spent another six weeks in hospital after the alleged attack, and she eventually went home in January 2016. She was later seen by Dr Gibbs in his clinic three times before eventually being discharged aged 19 months. By then, she was a well little girl, he said. Baby J is now aged seven and is not needed to return to hospital. Lucy Letby denies harming her. So that's it for this bonus episode. Now the next baby in this case, Liz, is baby Kay, who the prosecution say Lucy Letby attempted to murder in February 2016, so exactly seven years ago. But the prosecution are not outlining her case yet. The jury were told only that this was for good reason. Yes, the prosecution will return to baby Kay later on in the trial, but next week they'll be jumping out of sequence chronologically and moving on to babies L and M. They're twin boys who Lucy Letby is accused of trying to kill either by poisoning with insulin or injecting with air in April 2016. The boys survived and we'll bring you all the detail of what the prosecution say happened to them next week. And we'll also hear on Monday about how Lucy Letby broke down in court in tears 
when a doctor that she used to work with started giving evidence. See you then. series Everything I Know About Me is back for a brand new season and this time our guest needs no introduction. Of course you find me Darren! But here's one anyway. Hi I'm Gemma Collins and this is Everything I Know About Me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again. Because this is the GC as you've never heard her before. It's been exhausting. Unashamed. And I was really heartbroken because I was pregnant and he was having an affair. Unfiltered. I have had an operation as well years ago. I have a designer vagina. Yeah, baby. I don't have camel toe. Unbelievable. And then they advised me, you need to have a termination. And, uh, yeah... I remember that being really stressful. Everything I know about me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.